The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I am super excited to be here with you today on the Unity Online Radio Network, where we explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. Peace, defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. Can you even imagine? Can you imagine? living a life of peace every day? Well, I'm here to tell you that yes, it's possible. Yes, you deserve it. And yes, you can have it. Listen, we can do this together. You don't need perfection to cultivate a life of peace. You need process and perspective. And that's what we do here on the Everyday Peace Show. We bring you the topics and the guests to partner with you as you develop and create everyday peace. And today is no exception. It's almost like we're standing on holy ground today, guys. Today we have a fabulous guest by the name of Nana Wabana William Brown. He is a respected healer and counselor. He is the chief priest and founder of the Temple Inyame. Nana Kwabana studies of the religious and the spiritual have taken him from the esoteric to the metaphysical to the scholastic realms of knowledge. With two master's degrees, one in religious studies and the other in community education, he is an expert on relationships. And I just want to tell you that relationships, in case you're saying to yourself, well, you know, relationships may not be the focal point in my life today. I want to tell you that relationships are the cornerstone of everything that we do, everything that we do, no matter where you're trying to, if you're trying to improve your health, if you're trying to improve your wealth, and then of course your relationships, you know, that's the triangle that we talk often about with everyday peace, but wherever you are in that spectrum, the quality of your relationships are so very important. In fact, I want to read you something before we start and bring our fabulous guest on today. I want to read you a quote that he has, and this is from Nana Kwabana Brown. He says, relationship is the most important thing in human existence. Tell me how your relationships are going, and I will tell you how your life is going. Relationships are more likely to be successful when there is preparation, training, and skills acquired. Nana Kwabana Brown, welcome to the Everyday Peace Show. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And my my aunt, who's listening into the show, uh, commented that um, this is an extension or a part of Unity School of Christianity. Is that correct? Well, this we're on the Unity Online Radio Network, yes, sir. Okay, that's 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 uh, that's wonderful. Um, 
from 15 years of age to 21 years of age, I was very involved with unity and, and still am on some level. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm so excited to have you here today. And, and isn't it a it's, I always say that there is no coincidence. There's no experience wasted in the universe. So who would have known at that age that you'd come here and be presenting all that you've learned in this life experience of yours and be coming right back? to present here. Amen. So we're, we're okay. very grateful to have you. Uh, I'm very happy to be to be a part of it. I very am, very much so. So before we jump into this, and I can tell you relationships, I am a believer and I tout this continuously that we need a balance in our life and, and in all categories of our life. And I say quite frequently that everything that we have, all of our desires can be categorized as either a falling in, under the health, the wealth, or relationship category. And we need balance in all of those. And you'll hear people talk a lot about their health, their wealth, but quite frequently people overlook the importance of relationship. That's, that's so very true. I mean, and it really can't be overlooked because um, it really um, affects all aspects of our lives. Um, it begins while we're inside of our mother's womb, and it continues after we are born. And the quality of our relationships throughout our life really has uh, every connection with what kind of love and care that we got after we were born. That impacts us for the rest of our life in terms of how we manage our relationships. I mean, that's just so very, very true. Babies who are nurtured, who are held, whose needs are met, in a satisfactory and reliable way, tend to be able to attach to other human beings in a very healthy kind of way and have healthy relationships. And for those children who whose needs are not met soon after birth or are met uh, inconsistently or inadequately, they tend to have uh, attachment issues and problems which is, affect and impact um, their relationships um, throughout their life unless there's an intervention unless there's some kind of counseling or therapy that helps them understand, you know, how they've gotten in the state that they're in. So relationships are in, uh, in the, well, for healthy attachments to other human beings lead to healthy relationships. And they're essential for us to go through our growth process and not to have development delays. As such, when we uh, don't have healthy relationships and healthy attachments, then our development physically, emotionally, mentally is delayed. And this is something that's very, very well known um, in terms of, uh, of, of science and uh, all that we know in terms of, uh, of uh, psychology, et cetera. So that's why relationships, healthy relationships are very, very important. If we find that we're not having healthy relationships, then we need to go and get counseling to help us to find out where the roadblocks are, you know, where the, where the things that have been barriers and stopped us from forming healthy attachments or being willing to form attachments or able to form attachments to have healthy relationships where we're neither too needy nor are we too controlling. And those are two aspects of uh, attachment disorders that, uh, that we face. And it starts when we come out of our mother's wombs. If our needs are met, we tend to have the ability to attach and have healthy relationships. 
this is going to be a riveting conversation because I got to tell you, as you were talking, so many questions popped in my head. And then I have questions from our listening audience as well. <clears throat> but I want to ask you this before we get started and go down that road. And I know an hour will hardly be enough to cover all of our questions, but we're going to try to get to everything. <clears throat> tell me a little bit about how you came to be, because your, your, your background is so diverse. How did you come to, to focus here on relationships? What led you to here with all that you <clears throat> have in your repertoire? Wow. Well, I'll say being a person, being a human being, um, being twice married, um, having lived life, having done a lot of things correctly, having done a lot of things not correctly, and um, being able to reflect upon, you know, what skills, what tools um, that I needed, and also what skills and tools that I had that um, I did not use appropriately and correctly. So people, when they come to my workshops, they have the uh, the benefit of my personal experiences in life along with my uh, clinical background. <laughs> I, I, can, I can speak from experience. And I, I see the real necessity in us having coaching and teaching and skills and, uh, and, and the, uh, the motivation to practice the skills in terms of uh, identifying what is a healthy relationship and moving forward with the skills and tools which are necessary to conduct it. It's so very important. We're homo sapiens sapiens is what we are. We're programmed to have relationships. We are. And however, things can happen which block our ability to do it. And when those happen, then we have to uh, have to get interventions. We have to get counseling. Um, we have to come to workshops. Or we have to get the knowledge and information that helps us to, get past, to recognize the blocks, move past them, and move forward. <clears throat> So I got to tell you, at the very beginning, you started off where most people start off and you say, well, you come out of the womb and it really is up to the mom. And as a mom, I, there is so much pressure. And I know there are a lot of moms who are listening and, you know, parenting doesn't come with a with a description or instructional book. And quite often uh, moms and just people just being humans and going through the human experience is flawed people giving birth to people who then they are going to communicate through their flaws to that person producing people, you know, to this whole perpetuation of flaws. And then we have this wonderful textbook uh, scenario that says, okay, this should happen and this should happen. And there is so much um, would be guilt. I'll say would be guilt. Um, because we accept that we do the best that we can with the information that we have. But there is so much opportunity for guilt for parents to say, you know what, I missed the mark. You know, either I overcoddled or I didn't pay enough attention. I kept you in the nest too long or I pushed you out the nest, nest too soon. And so knowing that it seems to me and just as a lay person looking into the relationships that no one's going to get out of childhood without something that could have been done better. Would that be Absolutely. fair to say? That's, that, that's, that's fair to say. And then there are uh, some societies, some cultures, um, some communities, some families, um, you know, who are more prepared than others because they have a, a process, the whole rights of passage process uh, in terms of uh, nurturing children and preparing them to move uh, from um, maleness to manhood, 
from femaleness to womanhood. And so, you know, because we live in a society which is predominantly does not have these special rituals and training of, of passage through life, we do the best we can. We do the best we can. And uh, I, and I, I would just say for any and every parent, uh, not to hold yourself in, in, in blame, uh, not to hold yourself in regret, just to ask yourself, did you do the best that you could at the time? That's that's all I would say. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. Um, and also, um, you know, did you seek help when you realized that in terms of your children, that you could have done or should have done something more different? And uh, children are, are remarkably resilient. They really are. Um, and under less than favorable conditions, if they are loved, they have an amazing ability to bounce back. Oh, you know what? I agree with that so much, Kwabana. I believe that love is the is a cure for so many things. We ought to use it on everything. Use love, overuse it, overuse it. We had a guest on our show not too long ago, um, authorized love, uh, Daniel Randall, and she talked a lot about that. And I am so in agreement with that. First, practice self love from that from that place. You can love in, on everything else. So, but I want to go back to the rituals and the process because you know, I'm sure we have some people here in various stages, some listeners in various stages of parenthood, and let's talk a little bit about that because, you know, we hear and 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 not only in the African traditions but in other traditions too. Uh, you know, we have uh, where. Uh, uh, ethnicities do some type of rites of passages to go on from childhood to, to progress you into adulthood. What, in, in very general terms, what would some of something like that look like for a girl, for instance? What would that look like? Um, how do you how do you get? When do you, when do you start a rites of passage, and how do you know that you've gone through it? Because the thing in my mind is it's more than just development in the in a age as, as far as numbers you know your age 10 your age 8 perhaps age 8 for one child is not universal where you're developing you're ready to go through a certain thing or is it i don't know do all children no, go through um, the same thing at the same age in the rites of passage passage yeah that, well there's stages there's stages and uh, when you look at um you know some of the standards for for milestones of development at certain ages, you know, there are certain things that a baby between six months and a year old is supposed to be able to do, uh, between a year and three years old is supposed to do, between three years and six months is supposed to do. And various children fall at different places um, with, within that particular spectrum. Um, and so, you know, with the right nurturing, the right relationships, the right needs being met, um, the, the right uh, modeling of behavior um, in those societies that put that kind of time and attention and awareness into it, people people turn out all right. They turn out okay. They do. Uh, and that's why, you know, uh, even within Western society, there are certain milestones that are expected for children to have. They get through them best when the parents have the skills. You know, um, being a parent... It's a matter of really establishing a relationship with your child with this trust, with this love, with the encouragement and nurturing of attachments, 
where the child is able to uh, allow his or herself to extend themselves, extend their energy out to other human beings and form attachments, which help them to um, to have the beginning parts of healthy relationships. And believe it or not, the attachments that a child develops uh, force his um, physical, emotional, and mental development. And without those relationships being strong, without the attachments being made, the children are sometimes smaller than they're supposed to be at their age, um, may have um, emotional kinds of difficulties which linger on past the expected age for that, um, and may have uh, cognitive kinds of, of uh, challenges. Attachments force and push our development at every level and force and push uh, the, uh, our ability to form healthy relationships. Is that yeah. not believable? Unbelievable. It's believable. I hope it's believable yeah, because it's true. It's the attachments, the ability to form attachments that form the level for uh, having healthy relationships and push every aspect of, 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 of uh, development and growth, physical, emotional, cognitive. I know that I was working at a place, um, it was a, uh, a monitoring uh, place where the children were being monitored with um, um, the, 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 uh, the, the devices, the monitoring devices they wear in the ankle. And to make a long story short, I went looking for um, this young man who I had to interview. Uh, and uh, when I got there, uh, I, I spoke to the person who I thought was his little brother. And I said, well, where's Robert? And he said, I'm Robert. And uh, his development delay was physically because of lack of attachments, lack of things which nurtured his growth, um, which, 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 uh, which pushed him along where he's supposed to be, his growth at any particular point. He looked much smaller than the 15, 16-year-old who I was looking for. That's a true story. So um, attachments, which are, which are based upon our needs being met, help us to have healthy relationships, and help us to grow physically, emotionally, and mentally. And what happens to many of us in life is when these attachments are not met, we do not uh, have the ability or the trust to extend ourselves out to form healthy relationships. And with that, we have, um, I'm trying to find the right word, and with those handicaps, we get married. Wow. <laughs> you get a feel for what I'm saying. Yes. With developmental delays of not being fully developed uh, emotionally and sometimes mentally, cognitively, without having the basic social skills supposed to have, or having the ability to attach in a healthy way to another human being, we, we begin to allow ourselves quite unpreparedly to engage in a relationship. Yes. So, so you know, and it's so interesting that you talk about that too, because. I got to say that even through all of this, everything that you're saying, I've also seen throughout my practice. I've been a pharmacist for 29 years, uh, going into my 30th year, 30th year in a few months. And I've seen, like you said, children who are smaller in stature. And when you know you read their chart, you see that there's uh, some, maybe some family issues there where they've suffered in some way. And of course, you know, we all can say that we see emotional delays and sometimes even cognitive delays when attachments are not healthy and not formed in a healthy way. And so knowing that so much of that is happening in our society, so much of that is happening. And this is not 
no blame to anyone. People do the best that they can for the place that they are in their life. What is, you mentioned about seeking help. You know, parents realize, oh my goodness, okay, we were at a certain uh, position in our life and things were not as we would like them to be. And now we are maybe a few years into this and we'd like to seek some help. How would parents uh, seek help? Where would, where would they start? Um, they should find a competent family counselor and, you know, find that person by referral and um, and really allow, you know, allow themselves to um, probably start with some basic parenting skills and then also to get uh, an evaluation from the counselor of, of what, what other kind of skills, what other kind of tools, what kind of um, knowledge, help, information that they need to improve their parenting. It might even involve family counseling or bringing that child or bringing the whole family in. But to really, really see where some of the blockages are, where some of the um, uh, blockages to attachments, blockages to the free flow of that relationship, uh, things which are, are, are preventing it to really flow and move in a healthy kind of manner. Um, I'm a strong advocate for counseling and therapy. And I'm also a strong advocate for um, uh, parents uh, and, and people who aren't quite parents yet, but maybe uh, just in the process of, of becoming um, a family to get parenting skills. With skills, we respond. Without skills, we react. And quite often, a lot of times, our reaction um, in, in, terms, in terms of parenting and other aspects of our relationships can be really inappropriate, you know, and the the skills, uh, communication, uh, conflict resolution, um, forgiveness as a skill, um, these are very, very important. And also just knowing how to meet meet somebody's needs in a healthy kind of way um, to further or strengthen attachments, these are all skills that one can get in counseling. And I I strongly recommend for folks to consider it. No matter how many children that you have, it, 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 it's not an indication of, of how um, how competent you are as a parent. It's not. If you find that things are, are not harmonious within your house, that there are conflicts between yourself and your children or between yourself and your significant other, then the thing I strongly recommend is uh, counseling slash therapy and, uh, and, uh, and, to, and to get the skills and tools which are necessary to, to, to heal. And And, and I encourage people as they listen to, as parents, as they listen to, is to not look at this as counseling as a uh, failure or a weakness in in the family. Because I honestly, as I'm listening to you talk and as I have also researched our topic before we join together, I can't think of anyone who would not benefit from some form of counseling, from talking to a professional at some point in their life. Because really, life is moving at such a fast pace. And I love how you mentioned that, you know, getting some uh, preparation for parenthood. You know, we don't do that necessarily. I know I didn't do that. I did get premarital counseling for a number of months before getting married. And never, I read a lot of books about parenting. And you can read a lot of books, but I tell you, there's nothing like the real thing. And I thank goodness for those wonderful authors. But it would be wonderful to have some leadership and some uh, elders, uh, some wise parents, uh, 
of older children who kind of partner with you as you go through the process. It would be awesome. In fact, I go so far to say that maybe at some points it would it should be required because uh, developing relationships with younger people, with, with children, as you're saying right here, is so very important. We are really setting the stage for how they will approach everything in their life. Absolutely. And particularly how they will approach their relationships in life. Right, and how they and, right, and, and their relationship with self, which is so very important because they will view themselves based on you know how they were how their attachments with their their source, their 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 physical source, their parents, and they'll view themselves from that place. And so, if that's not healthy, if that's not life affirming, there is the potential for it to have a, a great effect on every other relationship, but of course, the relationship with themselves, which is. Um, so very important. I mean, that's the relationship that's going to go from the beginning to the end. So I'm really encouraged to see how um, how we how what we can do as parents. Because let's talk to those parents, and we'll, we're going to be going to a break really soon here. But um, let's I'd really like to talk to those parents who are parents of teenagers. At this point, you've got teens, and you're listening, and you're saying, "Well, my goodness, my goodness." If I had known more, if I have had access to more information, or if I had even had more time, because, you know, being a parent and working full time, most people, most parents are working two jobs even to um, to provide for their families. But they're here at the teens. How can they now look back and what can they do? You've got 17, 16 15, what do you do? How do you what, how do you go back and recapture some of that and correct those attachments? Well, you can't you, you can't go back. It's not possible to go back. You can work in the here and now. And um you know, by by all means by um teaching your children um uh, correct values. Um and by correct values that uh, they have to understand uh, that uh, there's no... And we're going we're gonna to stop right there. We're going to come back and talk about those correct values and starting where you are to, make, to build a, a healthy attachments right after this commercial break. Glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back to Everyday Peace. Our special guest today is Nana Kwabana. We're talking about relationships. And just before the break, we were talking about relationships, uh, restoring or or building, you said building right where you are. Suppose you've done some things that, you know, in your wisdom, you wouldn't do now, but you got these teenagers and you got maybe one or two years left with them in the home before they dash off to start their own lives. What can parents do at this point to say, hey, I'd like to 
um, build where we are. You see, and I agree with you. You can't go back. You you can't go back and capture those years that are gone. But you're still here, and we can make the best of today. What what's our best use of time? You got a 16 year old, 17 year old, 18 year old. Of course, they're on to another part of life as well. But you still want to restore this relationship or build this relationship. Well, I, I would say when. Um, you, you want me to uh, comment on that? Oh yes, please. Okay. Well, one of the things, hopefully, 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 um, we as parents, and my my children are, you're probably about your age, um, uh, is is the that we have to hopefully we have have been teaching values, ethics, morals, um, um, culture slash. Uh, acceptable behavior, um, and of course, the greatest teaching that we do as parents is, is, is modeling. Children, they will model our behavior, and so hopefully, we've been doing uh, the best positives that we can do. Uh, the most important thing is, as I say, is the values, and uh, hopefully, folks will get them from either their church or some philosophy in life that they've come in contact with. Um, and I'll just throw some out. One would be do no harm. Um, another one would be uh, entitlement is unreal. You know, that anything that you get in life, you have to work for it or you'll pay for it somewhere along the way. And so sometimes, if, even if we've been uh, remiss in, uh, in, in, in either modeling or impressing these upon our teenagers, it's, in, it's important at the point that we begin to understand and notice that we do it. Correct values, do no harm. Entitlement is unreal. You have to work and you have to earn the things that you get. So at whatever point that we become aware of of pushing this towards our children, we've got to do it. And of course, the other thing that's involved is we have to model this kind of behavior. In other words, we cannot push them towards a behavior that we ourselves are not modeling or allowing ourselves to change the model. And that's that's all you can do. And the only thing you do is your best. You know, yeah, at some I point, agree with that. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100% people. with that. Is the modeling, which you just said there, is so very important because, you know, there was a scene when I was a child in my teen years, and I still think it's very relevant today, is that children uh, will more likely do what they see you do and less what you say to do right so if smoking and you're saying don't smoke and this is a this is no shame or blame or condemnation over smoking not at all that's not that this is not that kind of show but i'm just giving an example if you're participating in an activity and we say oh i you know don't do this then they're really where they're learning from is what they're seeing modeling not so much of what you're saying they're going to replicate what they see you do and so i agree with you the best way to restore these if you're in the the latter part of uh, young parenting and they're getting ready to go off into their adventure in life it's never too late to start modeling um, the behavior that you'd like to see in your children is it it's never too late it's never too yeah. late and of course when you say modeling that means that you yourself have been willing to make some kind of changes within your life um and it's interesting what you're saying because um, we learn how to be um, a part of a relationship with another adult 
from our family of origin. As much as we, we say that we would never do such and such and such, that we saw mom or dad doing the family of origin, most likelihood we will repeat it. Or uh, if we don't repeat it, it'll be something that really influences our behavior as we establish a position of being the not person, not like my father, not like my mother. And uh, uh, so we're influenced, we're influenced in that way, you know, and we have to break away from, be, from being the not person to being the person who um, moves forward, not so much in moving away from how our parents did it, but moving towards um, the skills and the knowledge and the tools which um, help us to be better people, um, better parents, and then better partners to others in relationships. Um, oh, that's you that's and I know. Hmm? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you and I know. I, I would love to hear that point. You and I know. Well, you and I know people who come from like three or four generations of of uh, of uh, unhealthy relationships, dysfunctional relationships, because we inherit it. We inherit that pattern of behavior. You know, um, you find women who are being physically abused, and we talk and we find out their mother was physically abused. And we go deep, we find out that grandmother was physically abused. And these patterns and behaviors are, are passed down until there's an intervention. And so at any point in time that we change our behavior, we can begin to influence um, the behavior of our children, you know, and uh, hopefully we can change our behavior and recognize uh, how we've been influenced by um, the, the behavior of our, of our moms and dads from our family of origin. And, and to really take a look at those parts which have been healthy and good and those which have not and be willing to make a change through, through counseling and, and therapy and through uh, uh, interventions like parenting skills, be willing to make a change that we can begin to impact upon our children because they will definitely be uh, impacted and influenced um, by what they experience in the home. Either they'll repeat it or it'll be the thing of them being the night person. But being the not person doesn't help you to be the person, you know, the person of skills and um, uh, the person that has the tools and the skills and the maturity and the growth to really have successful relationships with another human being. Genogram love... is very powerful. Huh? Yeah, I, I, yeah, they they are, and and I I love this. You know, said so you can come at it from being the not person. I will not be like my mom. I will not be like my dad, and that doesn't mean that you will be like a productive person in this relationship being the not person doesn't mean that you're going to hit the mark either so what what i would love and i know this is i would have loved to have it in my life too is the courage early on as a young adult for someone to say hey you know you're getting out here go find out something about yourself from you mentioned intervention some type of therapy some type of coaching and I know that's that's really big now in the generation now people are getting coaching and all sorts of thing, things and I really applaud that because I believe from listening to you it's even reinforced in my mind that so many of us know so little about ourselves before and then we with this very limited knowledge of self we then go try to couple up with someone who also has very little knowledge of themselves and then we bring more people into this to this union and we don't really know our own selves yet is we're not really clear on uh, how to take care of these and the emotions that we have and then we add more 
more responsibility. So I, I really believe strongly in this intervention piece that you talked about, getting intervention, getting armed with knowledge. And that's the one thing I know that you mentioned in your in your statement there is that preparation in building a relationship is so important. And we have, you know, we're winding down, but I, I would be remiss. And I know there are people who ask me lots of questions about just going into adult relationships, whether it be romantic relationships, whether they be relationships on the job or with adult family members. What is the best preparation that you can have for entering into, let's say, a romantic relationship? Uh, you're, you're getting into to the dating world and you've come from the, the childhood and the experiences that you've had. How do you best prepare to get into a healthy relationship with someone else? Workshops. Um, workshops, I would say, number one, uh, workshops that are available, books. Now you have the Internet. You have so many things that, that are available now. But it's very, very important to have skills. Skills and tools make the difference between a successful relationship and one that's not. As I said before, with skills and tools, um, you you will respond without them and you react. And uh, most of our behavior will really be uh, us acting out our um, family of ours and kind of things. As a matter of fact, we will even, and this is, this is something which has been shown scientifically, hard science, we tend to attract or be attracted to someone who will help us quite often to uh, replicate our family of origin kinds of relationships. Isn't that unbelievable? As toxic or as bad no, as they may not. have been, or as good as they may have been, we will we we will uh, somehow uh, find someone to 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 play that out again in our own lives until we realize that that we were we were doing the same thing, dysfunctional things in every relationship that we get involved in, which is a replication quite often of family of origin kind of things. That's why the therapy is so important to really show us that. I so my goodness, you're just making me smile here from ear to ear because this workshop phenomena is so important. And I can tell you that it doesn't even, well, it's all forms. I I have a, a college student who's in her second year of college. And one of the things I encourage her to do is to stay connected in young people organizations where they're talking about their emotions, you know, whether it be some, you know, just groups, you know, one of the things that she does do is she goes to young adults, uh, like a Bible story sort of group once a week, and they get together, and they talk about all kinds of issues. And I know that last month, they were focusing on forgiveness. And these types of conversations, they're not in an academic setting, but there's there's a person of, of a knowledge base, maybe a counselor or something leading these sessions. It helps you to explore topics that are so very important and to really take a look at yourself. Where you, and I encourage adults, even you know at my age of development, to continue to continue to explore parts of your life because it's never too late. Would you agree um, that it's never too late to in one type of cycle and begin another. If you're if you have unhealthy relationships, if you're still alive, it's okay to stop that, reevaluate, and maybe start a different course. Would you Would you agree? I totally agree, and that's why the workshops and the trainings are so very very important. One of the things that was taught to me in my training is any behavior that you learn, you can unlearn it. <laughs> right. You can you can develop 
you can develop some some new behaviors, some new skills that involve with it, with, with living life and having relationships, you know, and knowing yourself. I mean, a lot of us we don't know ourselves, I and mean, we don't know, you know, what caused us to have uh, uh, our whole thing, our inability to form attachments, you know, where it comes from. Many of us are unaware of that, and while we enter the same kinds of relationships, either being too clingy or not uh, um, too clingy or too demanding, you know. And this is mm-hmm. all. This is all. This is the baby who came out and uh, was insecure, became insecure because needs were not met. Is the baby who refused to extend his or herself to another human being, held back, and as an adult will hold back in adult relationships with other human beings, or be too clingy. And 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 it's counseling and therapy that, that helps us to understand these things. And you and you, and you add that with. Um, the uh, the the perpetuation of these particular behaviors from generation to generation is why counseling, uh, therapy, um, and understanding the whole thing about the power and importance of attachments in our adult relationships why it's so very important. You know, um, we 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 don't understand the other person who we, who we're attaching to, who who we become interested in, not realizing we're trying to uh, connect and replicate behaviors that have become, um, I hate to say normalized for us, but normalized for us, but are dysfunctional. That's why the counseling is important. And so that's what why do it's you, important. So it, are there any tips that a listener could get today? Like if you do find that you're too clingy, if that's you, if that's your personality, and you know that you're too clingy, or you know that you're just too aloof, you know, you're, you're one of those people I would say, someone that I love and dearly says, you know, I just cut people loose really quickly. It doesn't matter to me, you know, and so they're kind of hold all their relationships at arm's distance. Nobody gets really in. And so they're easy to be able to drop a relationship and move on. So if you're either end of that spectrum, if you're a person who's too clingy, what would be some things that you could do in order to get yourself balanced? Number one, get yourself into a counseling situation or into a workshop situation um, that's 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 top of, of the ladder and, and to understand you know help and within that um, to understand with, with attachments that as a, as an infant as a baby you became aloof because you saw no need to trust people and extend yourself to connect you know or you became clingy because you were um, um, uh, afraid that your needs would not be met, and it carries on into our adult uh, into our adult uh, um, relationships, and that's why counseling is so very very important. Um, and I'll just say that counseling and therapy are very very important in understanding the power and importance of attachments and how they they rule our relationships throughout our life, unless we understand them and get the training in in the interventions which are necessary. Um, there's a book that's uh, uh, called The Five Love Languages, which I would suggest that people get uh, to look at it. Um, it helps us understand, um, you know, what kind of package we want our relationship to be wrapped in, um, what kind of package uh, the person who we may be interested in wants their, 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 their relationship or love being wrapped in. And, and, and that, those are the kinds of skills and tools that help us to be, have more successful relationships and people to have more successful relationships with us. These are the kinds of things I'm recommending. Reading, oh, yeah. workshops, counseling. 
Yes, and that power of, of the, the five love languages is a wonderful read. It's very, very practical. And I believe, I know it has it for teenagers, has it for uh, romantic relationships. It's just a very good source. So I, I highly endorse that one as well. So as we go forth and we're developing these relationships and we're going forth, I just want to also say, and I said this at the very beginning, relationships touch every aspect of our life. And being able to develop relationships is so very important. You know, most of us come from an environment where there's something, I don't think any of us are getting out of this journey called life without having some bruises on us from some sort of relationship tangle, if you will. And that's okay, because I think that's how we grow and develop. You know, we're we're all at different points of growth and development. The one thing that I have done in my practice when I talk to people a lot is to constantly remind us that, that even in the brokenness of a relationship, that brokenness can be used. It can be used. It is a point from where you start and say, okay, here I am. I, you know, let's use the example of you. I love you. said so you can be clingy. You're very clingy, you know, and that means you're constantly trying to hold on. So that's an opportunity for you to grow and become to feel safe uh, bit by bit, uh, being able to let go and realize that in the letting go of something, you allow something else to come in and you allow the love or the relationship to blossom and to grow into what it's meant to be. Because sometimes we limit ourselves. Do you find that too, Kobana? We limit ourselves by trying to find what a relationship should be instead of letting it blossom into its natural course. So do you, do you ever practice that people, you know, want to limit things and, and keep a definition on it instead of instead of letting it go and letting letting it I guess germinate and flourish and grow into what it's supposed to be well I I, I, I would say that and I say that that's best guided with um, with knowledge wisdom information etc I mean the the, yeah. the, the, the uh, relationship tools knowing the relationship tools knowing the five love languages knowing the relationship tools um, being honest about your past and your family of origin kind of thing, all this helps in guiding um, the growth of our relationships. We realize um, the, the factors which are pushing us in a certain direction, pushing us to be clingy, pushing us to be aloof. And it's very important that we that we um, that we have the knowledge, and information to recognize these things, and also the information, and knowledge, and guidance to be able to get past them, so that we can freely give in a relationship. Relationship is really about an exchange of energy. A positive, exchange, oh, yes. a healthy relationship is about a positive exchange of energy, and so uh, we need to get arm ourselves with the information and the tools and the skills that help us remove all the blockages uh, to that positive exchange of, of of energy, which we call a relationship. A relationship is a powerful exchange of energy. I think that is probably the whole point of what we're talking about here today. I love how you put that relationship is a powerful exchange of energy and it's all energy. It's all energy. And, and with that, I think as I talk to people, as I do about guests that are going to be in the show, and there was a lot of excitement about you being on a show as a relationship expert, I got the sense that people didn't say this openly, but as I talked to certain people, and I asked certain questions and one was about, you know, anything from their childhood. I got the sense that people, especially parents, felt a sense of guilt. Like, you know, there's nothing, I'm never going to get it all right. And there there was like a 
a shutting down, if you will. It's like, you know, I don't want to talk about this because I know that I can't this entirely right, no matter how much I try to. And that, I think, and you can correct me if, I'm, if you disagree, but I think part of the process is just you doing the best that you can, that the universe Absolutely. really has for each and every one of us. Absolutely. And doing the best that you can and also um, allowing yourself to forgive yourself, you know, and, and to really um, uh, seek out and allow yourself to, to, to do more positive things uh, in the here and now. And, uh, and not to have regrets. Regrets really hold us back. You know, the thing is, it's to learn from our experiences and, and to move forward, again, with the best of intentions. You know? Right. So and we I'll, have... I'll, we I'll have children... Go ahead. Go ahead. You said our children what? Well, they, 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 you know, they are able to understand. I mean, our children know us much more than most of us are willing to admit. You know, they see us in our in our in our, in our best times, our, our worst of times. They see us making good decisions, bad decisions. They see us trying hard, and they're aware when we're not trying hard. But the most important thing goes back to us with our children, uh, loving them, supporting them, uh, meeting their needs as best we can uh, to form uh, strong attachments with them, so they have strong attachments with us, um, and uh, and uh, you know having healthy relationships because it really will affect them in their future adult relationships in terms of how healthy they will be. It's so so important. So we got to arm ourselves with information, and we have to be willing to change ourselves, and we have to be willing to, above um, all things, is to uh, model the best behavior we can, and uh, know that our children will follow that. Um, you, you've heard it. You know that uh, uh, that the mom, the woman, and the family affects the next five or six generations, right? So part of making mistakes, the other part of it is uh, making corrections. And in making the corrections that we can uh, while the children are here, they also learn how to, uh, uh, to, to rectify and balance things out. It's not going to be perfect, but it can be doable and workable. And I, what you just said there, you're saying so many powerful things. And I want to, I'm going to say this last thing, and I want to give you an opportunity to tell the guests how they can work with you. But right there, I think, is the most important part of this whole, the crux of this conversation is that the main thing we're teaching here as we engage in relationship, whether it's with our children, with loved ones, intimate relationships at work, is that even in our imperfection, there is an opportunity to teach correction, meaning that here I am, uh, I was not as successful as I would have liked to be in this particular part of my life. But what I'm going to demonstrate and show and teach is that even in this brokenness, I am willing and capable of continuing to learn and grow. And that's what a journey is, is learning and growing. I think that's so important. Absolutely. I think that's the most valuable thing that we can learn in any relationship that it will change and we will learn and grow. So about three minutes left in our program and, and I would love for you to talk to us about what you're what you're working on, projects that you're doing right now and how people can connect and get more information and work directly with you. Okay. Well, I am a counselor. I am a coach. Um, I do really fantastic workshops on relationships 
and uh, do great workshops for men. And I'm presently back in school, pursuing a, a graduate degree in counseling, and this is this is uh, enhancing sharpen my skills and my abilities. Um, my quest in life is to help people to find their inner strength. You know, to find that very very strong aspect of themselves. Uh, and uh, help them to value themselves, love themselves, um, to do their best always, and to forgive themselves when they fall short, and not mm-hmm. to have regret, but always to work from the best, from the best of intentions. And I think that's what the universe judges us by. One of my one, one of my great and wonderful teachers taught me that that the universe will judge us by our intentions. If things worked out well, and our intentions were good, the universe will reward us. If things worked out horribly, but our intentions are good, the universe will still reward us because our intentions were correct. So as we conduct our parenting, Ugh. as we conduct our relationships, the most important thing is to be aware of, of some spiritual principles. And above one, above all, the one I learned from Dr. Leon Wright, and that is always that our intentions are correct and we do our best and forgive ourselves. You know, your children learn so much by hearing you say, you know what, I apologize, um, uh, I, I made a mistake. Uh, I apologize to you. I forgive you. You know, so mistakes are made, but at the same time, oh, and we're, we're, I hear, I hear our, our our theme music. We're coming to the end, so we're ending this with one great principle: forgiveness, the key to every great relationship. The foundation is forgiveness. This is Dr. Drayvon James with Everyday Peace. Until next time, I absolutely love you. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.